extravagance today so as I was uh as I was just meditating on the Lord day one you know Monday went and closed on the building signed off at 222 yeah finished signing at 222 I don't know how it worked that way because I showed up at at two o'clock that's how it worked that way but it was the fastest signing I've ever been in like I feel like we've been in offices with lawyers before signing on houses and I've been I felt like a longer time it was like done bye and um everything's everything is moving along so I'm excited about that but Holy Spirit just downloaded like Tuesday just about his extravagance and you know if we were here last weekend God did some powerful things and he can do powerful things every week as we continue to pray and prepare for what he's about to do in this hour. And I just want you to turn, go, go, to, go to Psalm 36. We're going to kind of stay landed there. Um, I've got about three other scripture references, but we'll start there. I'm going to basically be from Psalm 36. And it was a psalm, or it is a psalm, of David. <clears throat> and um, David wrote this. I just want you to just get the context. Because when David wrote this, he wrote it from a place of being chased. So Psalm 36, he begins about speaking about the wicked, right? And, and, and talking about iniquity, the, the iniquity that God hates, and all these things, I just want us to focus on verses 7 through 9, because that's, that's really where the Lord brought me this week. And I am so excited about how God has poured out his exuberant, incredible extravagance over my life. And so if I think of these things, you can't help but be thankful for what God has already done and what he's going to do ahead. Like there is so much that the Lord, how he wants to reveal himself. And when we talk about the extravagance of God and the overwhelming extravagance of God, like one word, I was sitting over here a few weeks ago. It was after we had to, like a blowout night. And, and the Lord just said, I like it in this place. I, I enjoy that. And like that, all I need to hear is that. Like I'm good. Like, God, as long as you're happy here, that means he's happy wherever we are, as long as we're following him, right? He is. He's happy. So just his affirmation and saying, I like this place, overwhelm me. It's because of who he is, right? Because he is extravagant with his love. He's extravagant with his affirmation. He's extravagant with all these things. So let's just go to verse 7. It says, how precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings, and they are abundantly, everyone say abundantly, satisfied with the fullness of your house. And you give them drink from the rivers of your pleasures. For with you is the fountain of life. And in your light, we see light. And as I was reading this, and I realized that the context was in this, mo in this way, that David, it's either, there's, there's either two things that, that, that theologians would say, that he was either being chased uh, and assaulted by his spiritual father, Saul, or he was being run out by his son, Absalom. Either one is tragic. And so I started, even as coming over here, even driving here, um, I began to meditate on this because who, who would ever want to be chased by their father? Who would ever want to be 
chased or put out or their son trying to take over. I mean, David had, either way, either way, it's a bad situation, yet he comes before the Lord and says these things. How precious is your loving kindness. Oh God, he's declaring God's love and loving kindness in, in this situation. So I'm extremely, incredibly grateful for what God has already done for me, and, and you should be too. Everyone in this room should have this gratitude for what doesn't matter what's happened in your past. Put it behind you and say, oh God, your loving kindness. You have to meditate on his goodness, on who he is, and his extravagance in our house here, in your house at home. You have to meditate on these things so that when you, you begin to meditate, it begins to change your heart. There has to be a transformation in your heart. And so everywhere I think, I began to think of what the Lord took me out of. I began to think, God, I, I brought curses on my life because of what? Because of my actions, because of my mindsets, because of my behaviors. All those things brought a curse on my life. Are you with me? Brought a curse. And God says, as I begin to read this, he just began to come into my heart in a brand new way. Because I'm looking, not because of the expansion and not because of the increase. It's just a season where I started with thankfulness about four weeks ago. And I said, I got to stay on this in an attitude of gratitude so that God can bring me into the fullness of the land. You know, we want the promise, but we want to, you can't complain and get the promise. It just doesn't work. It's negativity. If I'm in negative talk, if I'm going, if I'm speaking negative, if I'm declaring negative, it doesn't come to me. It goes away from me. It pushes the stuff away from me. That's not some weird stuff. It's just the reality that when I come and meditate on the goodness of God, it brings the goodness of God to me. When I, when I push all the stuff of my past away and I don't ignore the damage it may have done, no, God wants the wholeness to come upon your life, but he doesn't want you to live there. All right? And so I'm extremely grateful for everything that I have encountered with the Lord over the years. But he wants, over the last 30 years, but he wants to open that up to an even greater capacity in my life today. Like tomorrow, he wants to do it again in a greater capacity. He wants to show himself true. It doesn't matter the situation that's going on right now. Even if all things come against. Come on. It's going. We're going smooth sailing, and anything else that comes against us, we thank it away. Yeah. <laughs> With gratitude, I make it go the other way, because or I get over it, I can run at it. Like David said, I like a troop, I run, and I jump over the wall. Anything that hems you out of the promise of God, you have to jump over and get past. It's a mountain that's in the way. It's the mountain that Zerubbabel talked about that gets in the way, and you have to speak grace, grace to it. Because the Lord, in all of his goodness, I just have to think. Because when I think of, <laughs> when I think of his goodness and all he's done for me, I could start running. No, really, when I think of his goodness and what he's done for me, right, I, I can't help but be gracious and, grat and be grateful for all the things that he has done. I'm telling you, 12 months in waiting for a promise. I'm telling you, 30 years, when I was demonized 30 years ago, when I tell people my past, they don't even believe me. <laughs> Bobby Talbot and I were sh sharing war stories. I'm like, bro, I don't believe you. He's like, I don't believe you either. <laughs> I, it's like. Come on, downstairs at the church, I call it cell block nine. It looks like where I should have been. It's just got to look. All right? We're going to get rid of the look. All right? But I'm telling you, I should have been in prison. I should have been locked up for a long time. There's a lot of things that could have or might have happened. But for the grace of God... He pulled me out of a miry pit. He called me at 11. I couldn't smarten up till I was 22. Come on. Called me at 11 years old. 
But I couldn't see it until I was 22. I knew of it. I didn't need an evangelist to come and turn me around. I needed to get to the place where I had to turn around. And I had to stop and turn. That's called repentance. Right? Stop and turn. I change my mind and I turn. And guess what? We're called to do that daily. Like I'm supposed to walk before the Lord with a place of, in a heart of repentance. Not woe is me, I'm a worm, because you're not. God created you in his likeness and his, in his image. But that God says, listen, I, here's the thing. I, I'm, I'm wanting you to shift today. Repent and be refreshed in the presence of the Lord. No, this is it. This is it. And so I, I'm, every time I come to a new revelation, and I've had, like, I feel like the Lord has moved me from glory to glory and strength to strength over and over and over again. It's never-ending. Like, his goodness is never-ending. And so God is extravagant and eternal. So where we get stuck is where we get stuck on, like, wow, God, this did this great thing for me, and now I'm going to make a formula of it. I'm going to live there. And that's how denominations start. That's how schisms in the body of Christ die. That's how schisms begin to, well, we should do it this way and none of that. No, God wants to give, he's so extravagant, he wants to give us everything. He wants to give us the whole plethora of, of who he is. And guess what? You can't even comprehend what that looks like. If I talk about the extravagance of God tonight and I had language for it, we could be here for hours. I'm telling you, a long time. We could talk two weeks about the extravagance of God without closing the church. Come on. Did you bring your lunch? I'm telling you that he is so, and he, and he never changes, yet he's always revealing himself in a new way. This is what blew my mind this week. Like, God, you never changed. You've always been extravagant. You've always been outrageous. You've all, you're always, you're like overwhelming, but you never changed. You, you're eternal. You're constant. You never changed. We just get ever-increasing understanding and understanding the glory in what you move and, and how you present yourself and how you even love us. Like, if we were just to look at the one thing, the love of God today... Even when he says, when he speaks to us about uh, how we are, like, it created in his image. In loveliness. Do you know what loveliness is? It's, I'm attractive to you. I'm beautiful to you. That's what it speaks of. That's why when the glory of God comes to you and God begins to fill you, you become attractive to people out there. And repelled by others. Ah, because there's something on you. There's a light on you. There's a glory on you. And so the Lord's divine wisdom, he wants it. But he is the one who made and created you to be new. Not rehabilitated. New. He created you to live in the new. And, and his change, the change that he does in you is always coming to a new dimension. He wants to bring a new dimension of who he is. And so he, he never, ever, ever stops his process in you. You have never arrived. You will never arrive. Ugh. But there's an ever-increasing, wonderful beauty of God on you that God wants to open up and reveal to you in this hour. And so he is the deliverer. And he is the healer. And he is the one that makes you whole. And he is the miracle worker. And he is extravagant provider for you. He is all these things, but there's so many dimensions of that one, those, those different characteristics I just said that God wants to expand and show you. Are you hearing me? Are you awake tonight? Okay. So in all these things, God exceeds the limits in every area. Like all those things I just said to you, God, there is no limitation on his provision. There is no limitation on wholeness. But I can't camp, I can't camp there because the wholeness is not the only thing he does. 
I can't camp on provision because provision is not the only thing that he does. And so in that, in those things, and those are just a few. We could go through, you could make up a whole nother list of who he is and what he looks like and how he presents himself and how he displays his goodness and who he is in this room right here, right now. And so he's undeniably good all the time. I mean, he's ridiculously good. And I cannot get over the way he does things and the way he brings things to pass. Like the journey to get to the places, oh, please, let us be a people that never complain. God, help me. Help us all. Let us not complain. Let us not whine. There's no spirit of whining. Break the power of whining in this room. Yeah, that we would be all just altogether grateful for everything that you do, every, every single thing that you do. Let's not whine if I don't get a prophecy. Let's not whine if I don't get the thing that I think I need to get. Let's not whine. <laughs> We're going to do a, we might have to put a, like a, a no whining sign in the next place with a red. No whining, right? Because the Lord wants to bring us into, here's who God is. The Lord, in his giving to his children, he has no moderation. As, you're, as a child of God, there is no place where God is moderating what you get from him. There's no place, actually he's rather, he wants to be extreme, excessive, and elaborate. This is what he was speaking to me. Like he, these are the things, this is how he wants to display himself in every person's life in this room. He wants to be excessive, accessible, and excessive in the way you come to him. Ready? In fact, if I think of the extravagant purchase, see, because if I think of extravagance, extravagant means you spent a lot. <laughs> See, I have a problem. My problem is when I go shopping, I like the high-end stuff. I don't like the stuff that I'm going to get made in China. You know what? It lasts for a week, and i got to get rid of it. No, it goes to the washing machine, and it's no good. Uh, all right, we'll stop. I'm making, I'm making a, I'm, I'm telling you, here's the deal. God is so extravagant in what he wants to release to you. There is no limitations and what he already paid for you. Just think of the extravagant gift of Jesus Christ to everyone in this room and everyone who's not in this room that shall be saved. Just think of the extravagant beauty of who Jesus is in the midst of the throne and the four living creatures and the 24 elders and the thousands upon ten thousands upon ten thousands that are around him worshiping. Just think of the extravagance of what that looks like right now in heavenly places. He is the one and the only son that gave his life, that spilled his life, that was crushed and bruised so that you could have everything. I can't, and it's so that we could access and have everything. And you say, well, I don't see it yet in my life. Get a get a gratitude. Lord, I thank you it's coming. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do in me in the next two hours. What's going to happen? That I'm going to be changed. My, the way I see will be, I'll leave this place. I'll see completely different. The way I, I come into this, this, this access with you, I will be able to access in such a beautiful, sovereign way without striving because I know who you are. This is where the Lord wants us to live, really. It's where he wants us to have a place of peace. Because there has to be peace. God is not trying to hide from us at all. He's extravagantly pouring out for us. And God himself, listen. Uh, in fact, his extravagant purchase for you was unreasonably high. Yeah. 
Can I say that? Unreasonably high. He gave his life for us. And, and by man's standard, it is. But by the Father's eyes, it was more than worth it. Like by the Lord's perspective, it was always in his, it was always in his plan to give everything so that you would have everything. So that God's love would be just shed abroad on your life exponentially. And that when people come to, in contact with you, this love begins to spill. And that love releases healing. And that love releases deliverance. And that love makes you a beacon that draws people to you because you have the favor of God on you. What we don't understand is when we're ungrateful and grumbling is that it repels the favor of God because people can see it on your life. When I'm bitter, when I'm living with unforgiveness, when I'm, when I'm stuck in ruts like that, when I can't get out of my own way and I'm looking for something and I'm never set, let me, I'm going to talk about satisfaction because we are completely satisfied in everything that God already did. And there is nothing that you can do. If you're living unsatisfied, then you haven't touched the real love of God yet. You haven't connected with the fullness of your heart to the love of God in a, in a profound way that changes you on the inside so that everything begins to move and flow with the rhythm of life. And God wants us to live in this rhythm of life, but he wants us to also release the power of heaven out of us in, in, in the fact that we've been called and we don't get our, our identity through what we've been called to do. But I'm telling you, there is, there is places where the Lord is beginning to open up for you that God is saying, come back, move in, and jump in because it's all of who I am being revealed through you. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep, I wrote the same thing many times, this, just differently. God will lavish upon us as his sons and daughters. That is his goal, is to lavish his love. That doesn't come just by love. It comes with discipline and all that good stuff. Guess what? If we're disciplined, we're sons. If he's, if he's bringing course correction, we're sons and daughters. It's so good. So, but he does this without limitation, excessively, unrestrained, as we can receive it. Excessively and unrestrained as we can receive it because most of us can't receive that. Come on, put your hands up. God, help me to receive. Help me to receive this excessive, un it's unclogged. It's, I have full access to these things, but excessive and unlimited and unrestrained love and presence on my life. Lord, let it be. Let it be. So, I, I personally believe this about the Lord. I personally believe about this about the Lord, that he is way more wild than the rest of the church portrays him to be. I believe he's more wild. I believe he's more extreme. I, mean, I believe he's more excessive and unrestrained. And I use that in a, in a healthy and a whole way. When God's unrestrained loves come, comes upon your life, you are changed. And so we got to ask the Lord, what is holding me back from understanding the fullness of this love? What is holding me back from understanding the fullness of the healing? What is holding me back from understanding? Because as soon as the veil is lifted, it comes pouring at you. And most of that stuff is stuff that we carry around about what we think God thinks about us. And then it's reflected on what we think about God. And God's trying to just dismantle that stuff so we can walk in complete wholeness, moving in the fullness of power. Both. Because here's what I'm believing. This, this house, this, this new house, <laughs> the new house is going to be a place with a river of his presence because we're going to talk about the river of his pleasure. It's actually Eden. It's actually bringing us back to original intent and living in the fullness of that pleasure. And that pleasure is God with us every day. <laughs> that pleasure is not something carnal. It's, that pleasure is the beauty of who he is. The pleasure is God showing up and displaying who he is and lavishing his love upon us excessively, wildly, extremely. 
and this is this is where I just felt like this is so like where God wants to bring us as a house that's just we're a habitation for him we're a place where he's going to dwell it's not going to be about corporate church it's going to be about a family a community that is blown that is just the wind of God hits and we move with the flow and the river of God I just see a river right now moving through that building really right now not that it doesn't move here but I see a, a mighty rushing like it fills the hole from the roof to the floor like a conduit because of the way it's shaped it's like a hose where the glory comes pouring out into the streets and I'm telling you God wants to do that because he wants to bring a washing to us he wants to be a, bring a cleansing to us and he wants us to walk in this humility that's able to receive yet move with the fullness of God's presence and power and and so there is Larry I'm telling you as a son so I personally believe that he is extreme, he's wild, he's excessive, he's unrestrained as much as we can get there to perceive and just lay hands on your head. Lord, help me to perceive it. Seriously, Lord, help me to perceive it. Help me to perceive. Help me to receive and understand that you are wild, that you're loving, that, you're un that you are just, you want to pour out to me and there is nothing that restrains your love on my life. Even if I, if, even if I do something stupid, no, I'm telling you, it breaks, it break, you, there should be freedom in that tonight. There should be freedom in that tonight. So God gave Jesus that we would live in this extravagance and wholeness and freedom. And our original intent was to be those bearers of the image of God. You are called to be a, a bearer of the Almighty God. You are not the Almighty, but you bear His image. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. That's who you were created to be as a Christian, as a, as a king priest, as those that walk with the power and the, and the fullness of God. That's what you're called to. So verse, where are we? No, we're still in one. We're still in one. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. Am I even going to get through this? Psalms 36, verse 7. What a, I started the first one. Verse 7. What, didn't I start with verse 7? All right, do I have to? Y'all are tough. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of his wings. The where, the, the where you want to be? The place you want to be, the, the place you want to live, which was uttered over and over in the Psalms by David himself, is under his wings. Under his wings. Under his wings. Deuteronomy 32.11. Can't get away. As an eagle stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, Taking, taking them up and carrying them on its wings. So under the overshadowing of his presence comes the covering and the hovering of the Holy Spirit. Under that shadow comes covering, safety, yet hovering ascension. There's safety in who God is because he's almighty. And when he's on my side and I'm walking with him, I have no enemies that he can't conquer. I have no enemies. I have nothing that comes against me that he cannot overcome. When I live under that shadow, I'm under who he is. I'm under the shadow of El Shaddai. I live under the power of El Shaddai. I'm walking in the fullness of El Shaddai because I believe and know who he is. And then I ascend. I go to the high places because I'm under the wing, yet I'm upon the wing. And so our lives have to become mirrors of this where his life inside of us, we as, as we walk in this, this journey with him, he brings us to ascend with him. So it's, there's, there is an under and above taking place at the same time. You're covered as well as expanding and ascending. Deuteronomy 32, 11. 
And then we drink from the rivers of his pleasure. What happens in this place? First of all, they are, they are abundantly satisfied. So that river or that pleasure and that abundance is fully experiencing to drink of his fullness, to be drenched, to be refreshed. It's a place of contentment. Satisfied. <laughs> Are you satisfied? Isaiah 55, 1 through 5. Ho. <laughs> Ho. Everyone who thirsts, come to the water. You who have no money, come and buy and eat. That's almost an oxymoron, right? He says, come and buy, but you get it for free. Because it will cost you. It will cost you giving up your stuff so that you can receive all the fullness of who he is. And, and, and it says, you who have no money, come buy, eat. Yes, come. There's, there's a continual invitation to come. God, will you give me that open invitation? Yes, it's always there. God, do I need to do something to get into your presence now? No, 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 no. Just come and buy wine and milk without money and without any price. It doesn't cost you anything. You just go to your father. It's that thing. You can come to my house. And I tell this, like people who frequent our house, I'm like, don't, you, you don't have to ask to make coffee. You don't have to just go. Right? My kids don't ask for permission. My son does not ask for permission. He goes in, eats everything, and leaves. He takes after his father. Right? So there's never any, you don't get pushed out because we're not foreigners. You're not a foreigner. You're living in the presence of God. You live in dad's house. You're called to be in father's house. You're called to be under his wing and under his protection. And in that, God begins to open things up for us. Ready? It says, why do you spend money for what's not bread and your wages on the things that don't satisfy. What's our problem as humans? What's the problem in our carnality? Is we go to other places to take place of the very thing that he wants to give us. But we go to other sources to get our fulfillment. And we're never satisfied. I, I ran the earth for 22 years being totally unsatisfied. Never getting filled. Never getting enough drugs. I, it didn't matter how much crack I smoked. Didn't how, matter how many tabs of acid I ate. Do you understand? Didn't matter how much sex I had. Didn't matter. I said, it, I said the word. It didn't matter. It did not matter. Because I could never be satisfied because I was missing the one thing that would always satisfy me. Jesus himself. He was the only one that could take that place. Right? So addictions all had to be broken and put aside. But that's the thing. What did it cost me? Let those things go. Just let them go. I'm not going to blame it on a devil, although I know I was demonized. But as soon as I let it go, I didn't have to go through, I didn't have to throw up in a, bu in a bucket or, or need paper towels. I just need to let it go. No, I'm serious because there's a big emphasis on deliverance ministry now. And I'm telling you, it's just another thing. It's just a portion of what God is, really. And so when I come to him, there has to be a place where the love of God is just overflowing. And I come into the river of who he is. And when I come into the river of who he is, all the stuff will wash away. But I have to be willing to let go of it to let it run down the river. Right? So that's why Ezekiel has that, that whole thing about just getting halfway in. You know, I want the fullness of the glory, but I'm just going to splash around. No, you want to jump in the river, lose control, and lose everything that's attached to you. Because in a raging river, when God comes in a raging river, like I said, he's wild and excessive. That's who he is if we allow him to be. But most of us won't allow him to be excessive and wild. Okay. God wants to be excessive and wild in your life. We should write a song about that. 
there's an excessiveness and a wildness about who he is that when I released my addictions, he took them. But I had to release them. And so his divine nature is put inside of me, so I let the thing go. Right? I let it go. And he takes it. Can't even get through this. Ready? Listen carefully. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. And let your soul delight itself in abundance. Ah. Listen, just do me a favor. Homework. Everyone want to do homework? Raise your hand. No, I'm promising you, it's going to be the best homework you ever did. Just look at the word abundance. Just look at the word abundance right there. I can preach it some more. I'll take forever to get out of here. But it, it, I'm telling you, the abundance of God is what we want. It's not a prosperity message. It's the abundance of who he is because he wants to just baptize us with this abundance. He wants to baptize us with every good thing of who he is. And you say, I doesn't, my life doesn't look like that right now. It will. You'll walk it out. But we have to do the things that will move us in proportion to our faith to see the abundance flow in our lives. I'm telling you, because where, where we get stuck is we're, we're making some empty proclamation and, we, and there's no reality in our lives. Like you haven't met with the abundant God. You haven't encountered the abundance of who he is. You say, well, I'm saved. Yeah, you're saved. But you haven't met, you haven't connected, you haven't touched the abundance of who he is. Ah. So let your soul, your soul, oh, your soul, I should have just went and preached from this one passage. I don't know why I even read any other passages. The soul... The soul. The soul is where we get hung up because it's about my feelings. It's about my mind, my will, and my emotions. And so God is giving us an invitation right here that your soul delights itself in abundance. No, there's, there's a place where most of our souls, ready? I, I lived in a, in, a, in a season in my life where my soul would not delight in the abundance of who God was. I I'm saved, but I'm not delighting in the abundance of who God is. I'm just eating a little crumb and saying, oh, I'm satisfied. When you're not, you hear what I'm saying? Are you with me? God wants us to be feasting. <laughs> if I was going to name this <laughs> another name, it was the feast of God's abundance. Because we are to feast on who he is and all of who he is. And as I even say this and send this into the atmosphere, guess what? Abundance is coming to me. So if you come into agreement with me, guess what's coming to you? Abundance is coming to you. Whatever it looks like. Let's just go like this. It's the abundant life. And the abundant life, there's everything It's all consuming. It's just all consuming always. It's all consuming. Every place you look, it's abundance. Every place I step, it's abundance. Every place I go, I'm satisfied. Doesn't matter if I'm in the middle of a war or hell. I'm satisfied. Are you, are you hearing me? Doesn't matter what's happening to me in my health. I'm, in, I'm being satisfied. Because why? Because I have him. That right there, that hit someone, right? Doesn't matter what the manifestation is in the physical. God's trying to break the poverty of spirit, the poverty of heart, the poverty of soul. I don't know if I can go anywhere else than this tonight. I'm telling you there's some place where God's trying to move us from in this room and in, in the community, in the body of Christ, so that it's not some weird doctrines for abundance and prosperity and all that stuff. It's fullness. It's, it's God consuming us with himself. Because when I look and behold him, God brings everything else. 
My God shall supply all of my needs according to what? His riches. All of the riches of his inheritance in the glory. And when I engage with the glory, there becomes a fulfillment in my life and a satisfaction. Because when I'm in the glory, I'm satisfied. Come on, when the gold dust is flying and the miracles are happening, I'm, I'm satisfied. I, listen, when people leave with a, with, a, with a hearing aid or something else, I, I'm not satisfied. that I got to go away from that for now I'll preach the rest of it Jeremiah 31 and 14 let's just go there quick Jeremiah 31 and 14 did you get that all right I'll, I'll be better it says I will I will I will satiate the soul of the priests with abundance what does it mean fill to the full. It means I, that the Lord himself will fill to the fullness with abundance of the priests. How many priests are in here? Other than Father Tom. Come on. You're all priests. Kings and priests. With abundance. That means you're fulfilled. And my people will be what? Satisfied. With my goodness. This is so important. Listen, Jesus himself is the fountain of life. And God is going to give us through the man, Jesus Christ, who lives inside of you, Christ in you, the hope of glory, a full and satisfied life, living, living, living in this life, fulfilled in all things, all things. Ready? Because I'm telling you, there has to... Uh, Jesus is the well. He is the well. John 4 tells us that. John 4. We're going to have a song about this too. Let me just say this. Jesus is the fountain of life and he's the fountain of revival. And he's the dawning of awakening. You know, he's the one. The Bible says that it's in his face is light, and we become light, right? So Isaiah 12, 3. Isaiah 12, 3. <laughs> therefore, therefore, with joy, with joy, you will draw from the wells of salvation. Therefore, with joy, unspeakable, and full of glory, you will draw from the wells of salvation. How do I draw from the well of salvation? I don't feel saved. Guess what? It's with joy. It's with joy that you draw from the wells of salvation. It's with the joy of the Lord. That's your strength that I draw from the wells of salvation when my soul is in joy because I'm satisfied with the abundance and the fullness of who he is. I am in joy and I'm drawing from what? The sozo well of salvation. The place where I'm healed, I'm saved and delivered. The place where I can release healing, salvation, and deliverance. The place where my life is filled and consumed with this healing, salvation, and deliverance. And that is where every believer is to live from. But you can't strive to get there. You must rest in the abundance and being satisfied and being filled to the fulfillment. <sighs> Isaiah 44, 3. Isaiah 44, 3. I'm not. Not tonight. Maybe next week. Isaiah 44, 3. When you get there, say word. word. All right. For I will pour water on him who's what? Thirsty. This is the wells. Ready? I'll tell you where the well is. 
It's Jesus. He is the well. He's the one that releases living water. Don't go to any other cistern looking. That's what Jeremiah also said. He said, I, I have this against you, that you go to, to wells that are leaking and they're old and they're, cru- they're cracked and breaking. You're going there for, your, for the water, but there is no water there. There is no water by a man-made well that we try and make cisterns on our own. We try and make places where God's going to show up on our own. No church, no ministry can, can manifest or, or try and build something that God is not in. And God is not filling. So he says this, I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. If you're dry, just cry for rain. I will pour out my, spirits on your, my spirit on your descendants and my blessing, my blessing... My blessing on your offspring. Listen, this is just a few things. If we're believing for for kids and and children and, and family members, offspring, God wants to bring those who don't know him back to him. Or if they're just in amnesia, he's gonna grab them out of the out of the fiery pit and pull them back. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit wants you to be in this place. Agree with blessing. Over the generations. Prophesy over the kids you don't even have. Prophesy over the husbands and wives you don't even have. Come on, somebody. Let's prophesy. John chapter 4. Verse 10. John 4, verse 10. Shaka Rabba. Jesus answered and said to her, this is the woman at the well. We got, we got Jesus and he just has to go this different direction. He has to go over and talk to the Samaritan woman, totally out of context, totally against culture, and he goes there. He just goes there. Every time he goes there. He goes into the place where he's not supposed to be and begins to release something. And so it says there, it says, he answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God. Can't even get into all this. If you knew, I got to go. <laughs> I, I got to be done. If you knew the gift of God. Jesus is the gift. He is the one and only gift from the, our Heavenly Father that's been given to us. And bring, just, I want you to meditate on your salvation. Can we? Because what happens is I'm worried about the prophecy that I'm supposed to fulfill, and I don't even have a, a, a thankful heart towards God. You pulled me out of the clay. You pulled me out of a place where I've been, I was totally demon-possessed and lost. And we're worried about the other stuff. No, I'm, I, I'm serious about this. Listen, as we go into even Christmas and thinking about the birth of the Lord, like God birthed you anew. But I I just want us to just come back to to simplicity because when I focus my faith and I focus my eyes on Jesus who did everything for me, he cleansed me, he washed me, he made me who I am now, he gave me, he blessed me with a beautiful family, he blessed me with all the things that that I have, stuff I have, whatever. It's not much, but I'm thankful for it. Right? He blessed me with all of you in this room. He blessed us with a brand new building. Not brand new, but almost brand new building. We'll be brand new when we're done with it. Ready? The Holy Spirit wants us to be thankful and grateful for God. You're the God of my salvation. And living waters came to my life 30 years ago because of what you did and how you came and invaded my heart. There's something that you have to come back to. Come back to that heart of worship that they sang about. Come back to a place where, God, i, I got to simplify things because I get so in my head about everything else. God, how are you going to perform this? What does that look like? Oh, I don't know. And you have anxiety about something that you don't even know about the future. And the Lord's wanting us to be back in that simplicity. Healing will come. His goodness will come. His, you'll be satisfied. 
in that place where you fall in love deeply. Remember when you got saved. I just started thinking about, God, when you arrested me, when I, when I had an angelic experience, when I, and it wasn't even, it was a live person. It was like as far as I could touch someone. But you came into my life, and you came and invaded me in that way. And that doesn't happen for everyone, but it doesn't matter. When that moment, when I saw the Lord, when I was 11 years old, when I saw him and he called me, he, went, he just went like this, come. I don't know what to say about that because that's like you, you go back and you go back to the memories and you go back to the heart moment when you touch the Lord like that. That should be every day, the well, the joy, the well of my salvation. It brings me back to the joy and the well of what he did in that moment to change my life. And that will give you a heart to hunger and find other people that need the very thing that you had. That moment, that experience you had with the Lord where everything began to change and everything woke up inside of you. Everything came alive. Because the divine one, he said, here I am. So you got Jesus coming to the woman at the well and beginning to say, here, if you knew the gift and the Lord... He's a gift. He's a gift to the church. He's a gift to everyone in this room. He's a gift that we have to open our eyes and say, God, I am so, so thankful. Doesn't matter what I do. I'm not identified by what I do. It's you. You're the gift. You're the one who satisfies my life with good things. Your cup, when you come to fill my cup, it overflows. It overflows every day. Every day. Every day. I'm not going to whine because I didn't get a prophetic word. Oh, God doesn't love me. No. He's the gift of God. He's the prophet over your life. I didn't get healed. God forgot about me. No. He is the healer. You have him with you. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Well, I'm still hung up on this thing. No. Shift your eyes here at the gift of God that's over you. I can't help it. He is the gift. He's the gift. Yeah, help me. Just help me out. He is the gift. I just need music, I think, behind me. Here's the thing. He said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is, who it is, who it is who says to you, give me a drink. You would have asked him and he would have given you living water. then the woman goes into like she doesn't understand and that's like most of us we don't understand we don't understand what God wants I have nothing to draw water with I have nothing to draw water from the well and Jesus answered and said to her whoever drinks of this Whoever drinks of this water will never thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give will never thirst. But the water I shall give him will become to him as a fountain of water springing up 
into everlasting life. Come to the waters. You have no money. And we have Jesus in chapter 7, a few chapters later, walking out of the temple, walking down the stairs. And he yells to everyone, to everyone, every Jew, every person, all the holy people, all the, sad, all the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they're sad because they don't see. They can't see. But he says this, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me as the scripture has said, as the word, as the written word, as very person of who I am says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. I'm going to tell you tonight, there's an opportunity to step into this insatiable, this dissatisfied life. It's almost like I'm calling for an altar call that people get saved tonight. But I'm telling you, we need to come back to become born again again. And sometimes God wants to rebirth something and reboot something. And he says, come to me, because I'm the place where the, water, where the water comes from. You don't need a prophecy. You don't even need healing in your body right now. <laughs> that sounds weird. Because we're always trying to push ourselves into this thing that we need something beyond Jesus himself. And I'm telling you, when, when that woman that was walking down the street had to, had the infirmity where she was an issue of blood she pressed in to just touch him and so tonight I just want you to look God has an abundance and it's for you every single day there's an abundance in this room right now that's ready to pop over your life it's ready to burst over your life it's the living water of God that wants to flow in your life even tonight. And there's pleasure that God's going to release from it. It's His divine nature that gives us this open, open. It's, it's His divine nature inside of us. Just remember, it's the joy. It's the joy. It's the joy where I draw from the water of the well you missed it it's the joy therefore with joy you will draw water from the well of salvation let me just bring salvation to a whole new level for us it's all inclusive of all those things healing deliverance and salvation but there is a well that flows from the reality. God, I'm saved. I'm thankful. I'm looking to you with joy and expectancy that you're going to pour out something fresh on my life that I can live with, that I can leave with. It's tangible in the room. And I can grab it and I put it in my spirit, man, because my soul is satisfied with that and only that. Ah, I feel like there's an utterance that like the Holy Spirit is like, wanting to release something for someone in this room tonight that there's a there's an unction of the satisfaction of the abundance of who God is in all of who he is through salvation God my life was radically changed and I come to you just like I was just crying I don't I don't even get misty about my testimony ever but I feel like the Lord is saying listen God wants to strike you with a fresh new perspective that you don't look at the glass half empty no it's full it's not in that place where I walk dissatisfied stand come on stand I'm not going to talk anymore I'm just going to charge us tonight I think you all just need, someone in the room needs a, a fresh, like you need to be drowned. 
drown with the well of salvation today. Being thankful for the abundance of who he is. So just come before the Lord. It's not even about laying hands on anyone. It's just coming before the Lord and just saying, Lord, I'm thanking you right now for the wells that are being released right now over my life. I'm thanking you right now that all the things that I need are in one thing. You, you're my salvation. You're the one I need. You're the only one I need. Truly, that's it. You're the only one I need. So, Father, we thank you tonight. I thank you for every person in this room. Lord, release satisfaction. Release the abundance in our souls tonight.